Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speech to run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. He takes the ladder option. Jermaine Asako will Hello Broncos fans and welcome to this week's episode of Broncos Weekly. As always, I'm Mitch and I'm joined on the line with the return of our good friend <laughs> Simo. How you doing, Simo? Yeah, pretty good. How about you? Mate, doing great. It's good to have you back. There's like, there's, he, he, you know, Simo likes setting you guys up the kimono here and he's talking about how I usually have to hassle him to, him to get him on the show. He had the threat <laughs> of the hot seat, mate. Benny jumped in from reserve grade last week. You know, Simo had the week off, he had rest. And he, he felt the pressure from the young fella. And he's, you know, <laughs> first unit training. He's hitting me texts today uh, when we podcast and go on. I got some takes. Yeah. So here he is. It's work, work to uh, treat. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just don't like being the slack person all the time, organizing stuff. But <laughs> you, you've been much better about that sort of stuff than I have lately. So I was We've like, both oh. been very slack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, when the first like two seasons we did this, I was like three nights a week, like organizing run sheets and shit. Yeah, yeah. Now we have a run dot points, <laughs> which is just like a text message you sent me three minutes ago. That's it, mate. But there's dot points. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna start with a game review, mate. Or well, even just a chat about the game. How, what a treat! <laughs> we're gonna open <laughs> with a game as the mighty Brisbane Broncos won their first game against a real team, and I think it was four or five thousand days, the official number, or something like that. You know, maybe a decade. As we came after twenty two nil down to beat little brother thirty six to twenty eight. I think something I loved heaps is like heaps of people told me this like during the game and after the game. They're like, Oh, but Tyson Gamble, he looks like such a dickhead and he's so hateable. And it's like, and I do not give any craps at all about that. Like I I love if he's like getting up in people's face and yelling at Brimson for pushing him over and giving him the ten and all that. You're like Fuck yeah. And like I was chatting to my brother and he's like, he's a Manly fan. And he's like, he's like, who cares about that? He's like, you want that. Broncos haven't had like a hateable player on their team forever. Like who cares if you have one of these guys that's like all energy and everyone hates him. Like, you know, so yeah. um, I mean, yeah, it's I one mean, game. That, it's but, one of those things though, mate. Like, yeah, like. Didn't we all really enjoy when we were hated and people would fight, had to find reasons to hate our players? Yeah. Tyson Gamble was giving you the reasons. It's great. Like, <laughs> like, I remember people used to find weird reasons to hate a lot of our good players. And like, we love guys like Tyson Gamble. And I don't, like, Justin Hodges was like that for us for a decade. We want people like that. And it totally spoke to the rest of the team having him play like he did. That sin bin. I know we're already coming back, but the way he acted after that is almost like the lifeblood of the rest of that game. Yeah. And like, yeah, you just want to feel hated. Like, you just want that. You need someone like that in your team. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying he's going to be the answer. I am. Year. You are, you are, <laughs> but like, mate, these are the, he did the things that we've been screaming out for, for that person to be alongside Milford or alongside whoever for forever, you know, to replace Cody, to replace whoever we put there. This is a halfback who was like played straight, straight in the line, did his job, decent in defense, could kind of kick, did all the basic things. 
And it was like, oh, what a true shock. We put in, put in a seasoned reserve grader, you know, 24 years in his career. Sorry, 24 years old for years in his reserve grade career. What a shock he, like, understood the basics of the game because he's been plying his trade. But, like, he just totally – I know not everything we did was because of him, but we do not win this game with anyone else in our squad in seven bar him there. Yeah, no, 100%. He, like, he might end up being better than this, but, like, the – impression i just get of him is just someone that he's just get, like he's basically a five out of ten you're just going to put him in there and he can do like a five out of ten job every week yeah but like him doing that five out of ten is doing basics that like croft is not doing you yeah. know and dearden wasn't as even though did look capable of that when his first year he wasn't doing that either so yeah just having someone doing that is just We've said it must have been like a million times now in this podcast. The Ford pack can run over the top of about any other team in the comp. Outside backs will score tries. Like you, you just need to figure out that spine a bit. And like if if he can just play straight, and it's yeah, you're probably not going to make finals, but you're going to win some games. That's it, mate. And that Ford pack did after that poor start. They fought their way back in that game, and then it, it was the first time. All season and a lot of last season, we felt like we had space when we had the ball because the simple thing of Tyson Gamble playing that right edge straight, drawing his man in and playing out the back, all of a sudden, like Milford's wrapping around and he's in space. Asako's like, you know, looking amazing out the back of shape. And even Pangai got to flourish and throw some cutout passes out the back of it. And everything went from there. And it was just like such a fresh of breath air. Sorry, fresh of, fresh of breath air, I said. <laughs> a breath of fresh air because it is simple. And he's clearly not the most talented guy, but he's big, all effort. It was great. And then all the other guys went with it. And that team has been calling out for so long, someone who got the basics right. And even things right at the end of the game, he was kicking, they were up by more than one score. He just kicked the ball out. Oh my God, you can do that. You don't have to score. (laughs) Three years since that happened. I know. And then another one, he just put like tackle for you, put a little dink over the top. And another time he kicked for Milford and they tapped it dead. It's like, when you're up by eight, you could just like, you just have Cruise. the ball and then yeah. you can like put pressure on, you put pressure on the other team. Oh. The last time, we, <laughs> last time we've had a, a half kick the ball dead was like Ben Hunt kicking it out for a seven tackle reset. Yeah. And his defense was, was almost the most impressive thing, man. He like, here's the best tackling technique in that squad. Cause he, he, he has model. It's boring. People like to see guys chop guys down the legs. But Gamble hit every single guy he tackled around the ball high, wrapped the ball, and either took him to ground one-on-one or waited for someone else and held that ball-carrying arm. He, he helped for feeder like three or four times on his own or someone else came. It's, and you look at that and you hear Matt Gillett's our defensive coach, I just found out this week. Mate, just give it to Tyson. <laughs> greatest, <laughs> greatest defensive player of all time, mate. That's it, mate. He's like, mate, just let him get past you, then you throw a desperation tackle at their feet. <laughs> Ankle tap uh, from behind. <laughs> but yeah, that was he did all that, and then the other guys went with him. And obviously, Payne Haas was exceptional. But the other main story, I think that that right edge really—it's two of the long-term heroes of the podcast, uh, Jermaine Asako and Tavita Payne guy. You know, on the back of Gamble's work with probably the two other best Broncos in the day, and um, we've been been people serves of Pangai Pie for numbers of years. <laughs> but Asako is one of those guys, mate, that the the, the knives come out for him really quickly. And they were coming out like 10 minutes into this game. Yeah, I, like, I get he didn't have a great start. But, like, this game aside, like, in general, I don't get why people want to hate on him so quick. Yeah, it's like that. a lot of that's obviously the team strategy. And the Titans pulled it apart. And it was obviously a few too many times in, in 15 minutes. But we reacted and it didn't happen again. And we came back and won the game. But, again, probably don't win without him there. He set up the get set another amazing try up with a great kick return and a huge step, but the confidence, mate, the at the back of shape now he's starting to get. That's what we need to see from him, and then we can start thinking about you know what maybe is a fullback for the next couple of years instead of thinking about always thinking about replacing Jermaine Asako. Yeah, I've always been a fan of his and the idea he could play fullback, but like it'd be similar to what we've said about Milford for ages, and we've kind of given up on that. But like you need people in the spine around him, like. He's not somebody that could be the best player in your spine. No. But he all. might be the third best player and be okay there. Yep. And when they played straight and made space, that's all Sarko needs is a bit of open field because we know how elusive he is and strong runner he is. He doesn't like 
a couple of the tries he, he scored, he, a, a weaker ball runner might have got tackled, oh, but he just powered through. Yeah, people grabbing him around his torso and that, and it, he's just gone. Like, he's straight through. Yeah, 100%, mate. It's, it's fantastic. And then the other thing Gamble also brought, this was the first time since pre-Nickerim and Roberts, the first time in forever, our right edge didn't jam in. Like that, the Titans, after doing their homework, they were doing the kicking behind, but the rest of the game, they were running at that right edge and they didn't really crack. They were, they kept their shape. And a couple of times there was a, the no tries that the Titans bombed. They were off coward for feeder kicks, kicking like a cat. And they got kind of lucky there and they didn't score because it was whatever. But yeah, that, that edge was great. And Pangai on that edge, mate, like I know at the club, he was talking about all week about smashing for feeder. But he, you can see, if you rewatch that game, rewatch all of Vita's touches, you can see him turn into a cat. About the 30th minute mark is when he turned into a cat. Like, he, he runs it hard and straight at the start, Fafita does, and Pangai goes at him, a few, like, hits him all the time. Uh, a couple of ball carries, Pangai changes direction and runs it for Fafita. And there was even one tackle early on, tackle, like the second tackle of the game. Fafita, Pangai runs up behind the marker to only make like three meters. Fafita comes in to tackle him. He pretty much punches him in the face, mate. Like with the fan <laughs> into the throat. He was standing still and just banged him in the throat. Like he was just getting him off his game. And then as the game went on, some of the kicks may almost have worked out for, for the Titans, but they drained his energy. And that same player who like was carrying six players over the try line against South or breaking tackles against the Knights was kicking the ball away rather than running an open space in this game. They play, he played him and the team played it fantastically with how they handled for fear. Like we, we've, you see it a million times in rugby league. Like it's very easy to take somebody out of the game by just running at them a thousand times. Yeah, it's that simple, mate. When a guy, a guy like for feeder, when he likes to get away with making like twenty tackles and being fresh to run, you make you make thirty five and miss six of them. You make you you're running at him all game. You're gassing him, and then all of a sudden he's dancing around and kicking the fucking ball. Yeah, there's there's no energy <laughs> left to be putting that for them. Yeah, and then Pango at the end of the game, mate, saying telling him to kick it again. That was so good. <laughs> you to kick it again. Oh, Pango's he's just like he's, he always able to get in people's heads, stir them up. He's definitely though he's refined, and he's spoken this week. And of course, it's Sunny Bill. That, that Sunnyville gave him a call after the biker stuff last year. But he's totally refined his grubbiness. Like, he's still a bit of a grub, but now he's a smarter guy about it. Like, again, he pretty much punched a feeder in the neck, but he was holding the ball, so you can do that. You know, it's a fend. Yeah. And he hit him really late after he kicked, but it's like, well, you can do that because he kicked he's it. Kicked. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's getting smarter rather than just, like, you know, hitting the, the halfback in the head. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Let's try some different things. Yeah. yeah. It's like... like- but it's also how we've said before, like late hits on kickers, people only ever care if it's like from a forward, not like yeah. someone's a back in the same size. Like if you smack the feet late, no one's going to care. If you go smack like Ash Taylor late and you double the size of him, that's people it. are going to say something about that. That's it. But it, yeah, man, the one thing is we're watching the game, mate. Like when we're coming back, we've been so shit for so long, including the last, like the last year of Wayne and, and the years prior that like, I could never get comfortable in getting ahead, but also I didn't know if it was good or not. Like I didn't know. I was like, are we are we playing good? Are we are we allowed to play good? It's been so long. Like this is good, and it's like yeah, you know what? Good teams don't get down down twenty two nil, but it was the greatest comeback in club history. Sometimes good teams do get down like that, and it is the first time we've come down but twenty two. Before that, it was eighteen. But yeah, so it is a good win. I don't give a fuck. You know the circumstances that happened in, and that the Titans capitulated. Fuck it. We scored 36 points after being down 20 to nil in 15 minutes from a team that, like, I mean, everyone watching it was immediately thinking, commentators too, like, geez, this could be 70. <laughs> like, oh, I, I don't even think it'd be that because, like, that often doesn't happen. But no, you could easily see it getting to, like, 40 and just posting. Yeah. You know, like, I was just, like, I was having a laugh too because in the Coltrane Cup, you were, Boom rookies tipping comp. Simon tipped Broncos about three minutes before the game started. Oh wow. And so and then I was like, so I was giving it to him then and then turned around and then Simon was just giving it to everyone about it. Like, That's great. Good pick, mate. Good, good tip. Yeah. yeah. It was um it was also good to see again gamble, as we say, but that was part of coming back in the game. It's the moment we got the ball, we didn't play that rushed bullshit footy that we usually play when we're chasing yeah. games. We just played normal footy. And then the team followed it. And yeah, I don't I don't know what's going to happen from here, but this is the kind of win we thought this team should be capable of with better coaching, decent pack, 
you should be able to jack some games at Suncorp. And we've got one against the real team. Hopefully we get some more. Like, I mean, we're two from four at Suncorp and our losses are by eight points to the Eels and Panthers. But both of those were those, they're not really eight point losses. Like they scored right on the bell again, but you know, that, that's not a bad record at home. Hopefully we can translate it to a way this week, but it just felt nice to like, cause I didn't really enjoy the Bulldogs wins. You had, we were going to beat those Bulldogs. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I don't want to have a goal, but like it's the Bulldogs. Yeah, like, exactly. It's uh, beating someone that's not the Bulldogs is going to feel better than beating the Bulldogs. So, yeah, no, and especially like yeah, it's the Titans and their recruitment strategy just seems to be to take all our players. So yeah. it's nice. I did like this week that they um they took SR Masters from the Cowboys who didn't want him, and then we rejected Paul Turner rightly or wrongly. We rejected him, and they signed Paul Turner. It's like, do you guys like if we fart near a player? <laughs> do you reckon Jared Wallace was singing where the Broncos after the game this week? <laughs> Maybe he went, just, uh, went out on the town with the boys yeah. sitting in the back. Yeah, definitely one of the games. It was like, you know what? Don't even think I want Ash Taylor back on a hundred K. One of those games as well, by the way, it's like, you know what? You guys can keep you. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably there too, but like, I always thought he was going to be something special. <laughs> yeah, so do, so do I, mate. But even in this game, towards the end, mate, he just took every wrong option after they were down. It's every wrong option. Oh, yeah, but like I just I was thinking back to like 2015, it was going to be yeah. like next Origin halves is like Ash Taylor and Anthony Milford yeah. going to be the halves for 10 years. And I'm not dissing Sam Walker, by the way. I think he's an exceptional talent, but I just love watching people saying like, so heaps of media talking heads now talking about turning the Broncos around. And more than half of them suggestions is like, give Sam Walker $10 million for 10 years. <laughs> and it's like, well, problem solved. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, sure. That, he might end up that player, but people would have said the same thing about every second half back that debuts and plays two good games. Yeah. Imagine the things they would have said about Corey Norman's after Corey Norman's debut game. Oh my god! He exactly right. Like he would have got that from the Johns brothers. Ten million. 10 million. Yeah, yeah, they would have been like, you just look at like how how comfortably looked first game, and you just you just got to sign him up. You just can't miss. And it's like, yeah. but look how he's turned out. Like, yeah, and I mean, Tim Smith's first year is the best rookie year of like all time. Yeah, as halfback. And where is he now? Yeah, and he went off the off the tracks for other reasons. But the thing is, like Sam Walker hasn't proven he can do it every week or every two or three weeks, every few years in a row, and. That's kind of what happened to Ash Taylor, mate. Like, he has a lot of problems off the field and personal problems, or whatever, and it affects your footy. And until someone can prove they can do it for like three or four years, you maybe don't give them a 10 year, $10 million deal. Just, just saying. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like, yeah. That's where, like, a rookie contract, I guess, or like certain, I guess it never allow it, like certain limits on under certain ages or whatever, X dollars. But you just, you just, he, he could end up being anything. He could end up being the best half in the comp that he plays Origin forever, or he yeah. could end up being Ash Taylor. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know if the league will ever step in, but I, I do believe there'll be one day that someone will sign one of those really long, dumb deals and they'll break their leg like three years into it. And then the club and the NRL and their insurance and having to pay someone like $7 million to not be playing footy. And that would that'd be when they ban doing it because like insurance the insurance still they have now I know the insurance actually kind of shitty apparently about all the re- injury retirements because obviously they didn't think they'd be getting heaps paying heaps of injury retirements out so it'll probably change one day that you probably can't sign deals x amount of years because yeah. of of liability part of that would just have to be like bigger deals players have more money they're yeah. able to just retire earlier like you know yeah you got a certain amount like yeah cool I've bought my house I've got a nice car yeah. Or maybe a cap on the payout of insurance or something. I don't know. Anyway, great game. And uh, it was almost regretting not recording during it, mate. Because like, fuck, this would be a great listen back. Because we would have been yeah, but we would have all stopped. over the club. <laughs> we, would have, we would have stopped recording 20 minutes in. We would have yeah. been like, nah, we're done. Yeah, I was. Uh, Mrs. was home and I was cooking dinner. And um, she usually doesn't stay home when Broncos are on now. Because it's been so miserable. And even she doesn't like this when I'm mad, she doesn't like it, even though it's not her. When I'm mad, she doesn't like it. And, you know, anyway, that and that night, dinner ran over time. I was cooking dinner, making two curries, and the game kicked off. 
And yeah, she had this, like, I was just losing my mind. You know, like, then we had to eat dinner and she's like sitting across the table staring at me like I was the craziest man alive, not <laughs> saying a word as I'm eating my dinner. And then every few minutes for yelling, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and then got up and smacked the couch and yelled and kicked something. <laughs> it's like, uh, this is a good look for me. <laughs> uh, I love we won. Um, let's talk quickly about next week. So I don't understand what happened to the Forex Derby trophy thing, by the way. It's got yeah. three states on it. What's going on? It's got all three team logos on it. But so then mm. I was asking about this the other day. I was like, so say like hypothetically, because like obviously we play the Cowboys now and we holding the trophy, but hypothetically we are holding the trophy and then the Titans and Cowboys play it. If one of them wins, do they just get the trophy, even though like we didn't lose, or like do then know. because we hold the trophy, that game is meaningless in this like weird round robin like three team comp? Like, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I don't know how it works now. They didn't really explain it until I saw the trophy with three names. It's on all, it. Yeah, it's got all three logos on it, and it's like, what is this? So if we're playing for it again this week, I don't know. Maybe we are, but I did enjoy that that photo the um, one of the doctors of the club put out that had the. Paddy Carrigan's match notes on it, and it showed the difference of simplicity. <laughs> it was just like win. Yeah, <laughs> run like hard, you know, hit hard or whatever, and then win. Point yeah. one, hit hard, so point win. Imagine Seabold would have had like 12 A4 pages like stapled up there. It was like all in like eight point font. Yeah, it's in no margins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how simple it is. It is, mate, sometimes for the forward pack, mate, for the guys with the guts. That's it. Run hard, tackle hard, win. <laughs> and uh, I do think that's what's been weird. Um, I've been really surprised by, and I've heard Kevy talk footy, and he and he's talking sense in the post-match presses and similar, talking about how he wants his team to play direct. That's how this team will win: is playing through the middle and on offloading and off the back, all that kind of shit. And it's like, no, I, I thought you were supposed to be stupid. I don't like this. <laughs> don't worry, he is. He is. Uh, he's still, you know, no tactical genius and gets things wrong, but at least. Again, it just shows how easy it can be for rugby league when you have a good forward pack. You just simplify it the fuck right down. Is rugby league's not a complex game? It's not. It's pretty simple. People yeah. try to make it harder than it is. Hundred percent, mate. Okay. Um, so I'm not going to bother reading the team list. Out. We haven't done that in forever. But we've got the Cowboys up north. If it was at SunCorp, I'd say we'd we'd fucking towel them. But, but up north, they've got. Jack, Jake Clifford back in the seven. Javid Bowen, for some reasons back in the side. For us, no changes. They've also got Cohen Hess starting at prop again, which I love. Um, if we're ever going to win an away game, this is, this is not the one. This is it, right? Like, yeah. They've got to back it up. I don't know if they can back it up. Hopefully they can, and they follow our boy um, our boy Tyson Gamble at the fire. But you look at the lineups now, and I remember you used to look at the lineups and look at the Cowboys and us, and you'd be like, geez, this is this is a gr- two great teams clashing. <laughs> now this is teams 14 and 15. Yeah, you look at the Cowboys one, you're like, oh, my God, what happened? <laughs> it's yeah. like, and it's still the same lineup of 2016. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, what the hell? That guy's still playing top-level rugby league? God. But, yeah. Uh, it's um they've they've done okay the last couple of weeks at Cowboys. They've they've definitely bounced back. But um but yeah, I feel like we'll back it up. We should win up there. I'm not gonna be too confident, but like again, if we're ever gonna win a away game, this is the one. Yeah, I've been thinking about because in this Coltrane Cup, I've got to still tip the Broncos and the Cowboys. Mm. I'm like, should I tip one of them here? Because I mean one of them obviously has to win, but I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm too undecided on it. So I think I might tip someone else because uh, I just, I could see Broncos winning, but I could also just see it being away and yeah. not backing it up for a second week in a row. Well, I had them penciled in round 10 against Manly forever until Tommy Turbo came back. Broncos, I was going to pick, but now I'm I'm probably waiting till they play the Sharks at home or Tigers at home in 16 or around, around 16 or around 18 to pick, the, pick Brisbane. Yeah, I'm... Pretty much, yeah. Well, that's I'm waiting for one, yeah, home game against the average side for Brisbane, and then the rest of my strategy is because I've tipped heaps of away games. My strategy is now just tip Broncos when they're away, pretty much, in especially in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's Broncos turning plus. <laughs> let's go, let's go and talk about some of the news, huh? Okay. The 
I guess we would start like Dave Donahue started, and I already love that he's rustled feathers with a dumb comment, but I still love it. He he mentioned vultures, and that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're a CEO and you're like very confident in your abilities, there's no better club to go to than like the Broncos, and you just say what you want, mm. and like the people in Brisbane are going to love you and the rest of rugby league is going to hate you and you're going to be good at your job. Yeah. I mean, obviously the, the teams that whinge about, you know, whinge about losing juniors when you're losing games, like Penrith whinge all the time about it too, but they don't whinge as much now as they used to. But the entire Donahue quote isn't as bad as the line taken out of it. Like the entire quote, it was like, we're investing a lot in the development and nurturing of Queensland players. My intent is to come in and work with the recruitment and retention team and and I do have experience in that space. I've got a firm grasp, grasp on the salary cap, understand it, and understanding roster management wise. But there are some sorts of challenges. They're not excuses, but they're challenges in terms of regulations that govern the game. So again, not excuses, but challenges. He said, there's no reward for us for development. There's an ability for vultures to sweep in and throw ridiculous money, amounts of money and steal your best talent. Is that something that needs to be on the agenda for the NRL? Yes, it will be. But certainly for me, I want to ensure the program is sophisticated enough that we're identifying those players at a young age and are making sure those players stay. Not really just attacking. No, it, the the headline was a lot worse yes. sounding than that. And like, I guess you'd say the reward is that like you get first crack at those players, but he's also right in that. Like if you look at European soccer, if people leave your system or whatever, you get transfer fees and that sort of stuff. Like there is none of that, but mm. yeah, you, your real reward, I guess, for all this developing is you get, well, I mean, like most Queenslanders growing up playing rugby league, they're wanting to play for the Broncos. So you've got that. Mm. And then you also get first crack at these guys to like bring them into your team. You should get, you probably get to look at them more than a lot of other people. Like there's advantages to obviously developing these people. Otherwise, if, if there's literally no advantages, no one would do it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. And, we still have the advantages you said currently, but I, I do believe in something that teams, if you spend like it's a player in your system for X amount of years, it should be a small fee given to you just because like they invest financially so much into it. And yeah, those teams, it's why drafts wouldn't work in NRL yet because the teams are the ones that pay for the development uh, systems most of the time. Yeah. And you want to get something back, but he hasn't said that. He said, these are challenges, not excuses. The challenges within the game that he's gone and said, but it's also his job to develop a better program that in, that identifying those players and making sure they stay. So yeah, he did have a shot at the vaults, but he also said it's his job to fix it. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no, right. That pass gets left out. So that's why I laughed at it. I was like, that's because I listened to the press conference and then I saw this headline. I was like, I don't even remember him saying that. I was like, because it didn't stick out to me. And then I went back and I was like, oh yeah, he, he did say that. But uh, he, he's definitely said, I know he's only been in the job since Saturday and it's easy to say the right things, but we haven't had someone say the right things for a long time. I was gonna say, you can say it's easy to say the right things, but yeah, no one else has been doing it. So, Yeah, exactly right. So he's come in and said the right things. And even on the big, what a big dick way to start at the club, your first day to go try and sign Adam Reynolds. Big dick. You mean the first day fly down to Sydney and tell Adam Rolls, no thanks, we got Tyson Gamble. <laughs> <laughs> Do the handshake, then pull it out and rot inside of your head. Ooh, yes, I, I'm back on the plane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mate. You enjoy the green and gold, sorry, the, the green and red of uh, South Sydney. How about the green and red of Winter Manly Seagulls? Yeah, <laughs> As yeah. you back up, Tyson Gamble. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. I, I love that. And even if they don't get him, it's again, they're taking the shot and it was the kind of the positive of losing Tom Dearden, who looks to be the backup at the Cowboys. Now they re-signed Scott Drinkwater. I don't know. Uh, there's some, that's terrible from them doing that, but keeping all three, but like, yeah, it's like go and just talk to Adam Reynolds. Exactly. Stop just talking to people internally. We were so bad at doing that. So good to see that in place. And, um, and yeah, we'll see what happens from here, but at least he's speaking about, Speaking good game, and speaking good game, as we all know, is almost half the job in rugby league. Because if you speak a good game, you can be like an Anthony Seabold and fraud the best club in the business into a six-year contract. So, if we can speak a good game, he'll trick some dickheads into some things. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, yeah that's it. man, 
I wish I could get paid six years out. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that's interesting this week, so Xavier Coates got reported to have been leaving today, like breaking news. You know, he toured Melbourne's facilities on the weekend. He's Tom Dearden's best friend pretty much and Dearden left. So that was already going to be a challenge for us. But toured Melbourne's facilities on the weekend wasn't a great sign. And then it came out today that he signed. And then like two hours later, it's like, no, everything got delayed. Even his age, you're like, no, we didn't do that, which is actually a good sign for us. Because at least it means we're in the race still. Yeah. And it's coming out now that he's apparently making his decision by Monday. I don't know why players keep setting deadlines for themselves. No one's setting these deadlines. Like, and no one, no one is like, he's no one's listening to him go, oh, I'll make a decision by Monday. It's like, oh, yeah, good decision that like, we, we want to hear that. Like just, no one's giving you a clap on the back for it. Just tell us when you're ready. Yeah. Is he like, is he not interested in going to the Cowboys then? I, I don't know. I, I do feel like, like, I know we all know Bellamy won't be around forever, but he, he's been like a decade. He was going to, he's Brett Favre with the fucking coaching yeah. world. This is the year, but it, it feels like if he was going to leave there, go, Queensland and go to Melbourne, it was just like two years. He could pick whatever Queensland club he wanted to play for after that. If he plays well there, knock on the doors and pick whatever he wants. I mean, even probably now he could probably pick whatever club anywhere he wants to go to. Like everyone thinks he's going to be pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Everything's gonna be very special. So, it's Storm wanting him is also a, ter- a terrible sign in that regard too. It just feels like if he goes there, it'd be like when Tedesco went to the Tigers, and everyone who paid attention knew Tedesco was amazing. And he went to the Tigers and uh, sorry to the Roosters, and like after two weeks, everyone's like, "Oh my god, we knew he was good, but do we know he was this good?" It's, yes, we did. It'd be the same with with Coates. It was like when Ben Hunt went to the Dragons, everyone's like, "Oh my god, Ben Hunt's actually good." It's, ah. Kill me, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's he's going to look pretty sweet in that storm side, outside yeah, of like if, it, if he goes there, yeah, Inglis. Like I don't know, I could easily see him matching like Falau sort of levels in a in a good rugby league side. Yeah, I'd lo- I'd love to keep him because I do think I I I know it's oh he's just a winger to some people, but he's more than just a winger. <laughs> Like and he could maybe turn into a center, but he has just bags of talent, and he's been playing good on the wing in a shit team. It's so hard to do. <laughs> he's been good on the wing for a shit team. He's made some defensive reads, mistakes, and everyone thinks it's all his fault. It's like, but the moment finally, but the first time ever, we, me and you keep blaming the halfback on that right edge for the last five years, and no one listens. Finally, the halfback stopped jamming in, and then the whole edge didn't jam in. What a shock! The coach was okay defensively this weekend, but you can iron that that out of his game. So who knows? Hopefully he stays. I I, I think we've, we've lost so many good players, Simo. I can't even get upset if he goes because I'm just beyond like I think whatever. It's happened so many times, but I still hope he stays. Yeah, you want him to stay, but yeah, like this afternoon when it was announced that he was gone, I was just like, uh, just nothing. The news, like it's just there. Eh. Like, yeah, it's, like it's, it's it's there. It's, it's a, a thing. Yeah, it's like yeah, of, of course. Like as I thought, yeah, of course. Like I would go to the storm. <laughs> I, would, I would, I would leave this Broncos side too. Yeah. I said on NRL rookies, but I'll say it on this podcast. May as well say it now. Actually, we're here. I don't give a single fuck the specific reason why we lost any player the last few years. You know, we keep having these stories come out now. It's like, oh, Sam Walker could left because of X, and oh, this guy left because of Y, or <laughs> oh, how could they let him go? Whatever. It's like. We were fucked, okay? That's how we let them all go. We fucked up. We fucked everything up, and we fucked it up for the moment we punted Wayne Bennett, and that's the one that we should have been like, oh, how'd you let him go? Everyone was, like, beating their chests, like, yeah, get him out of here. It's like, no, that was the one. We fucked that up, let him go. And then, of course, shit fell to shit, and then other players left. I don't care if it was, like, Seabold said this, or Morris did that, or Paul White did X. It's like, no, they're all fuckheads. They all fucked it. (laughs) Like, that's it. I don't care the specific reason. Yeah, but also don't have like a four-hour meeting with Sam Walker without his parents on a school day. Or- I think they're trying to trap him in there, mate. I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, that's it though, right? It's like they pissed off the Walker brothers like as a club. They lost that's that thing with Ipswich. And then you're like, oh, well, his son will still sign? You yeah, know? like, <laughs> whatever. It's like, no, 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 he will not. <laughs> like, that's uh, what happens, mate. Like, yeah, whatever. And I'm just, I'm not going to dwell on the individual reasons. They fucked up for a few. Same thing when we lost like Carmichael and GI and everything. It's because it was a shit show. There's many layers to the shit show, but 
yeah, you're going to keep hearing different articles. Like, well, I saw someone go, oh, Seabold told Sam Walker he's a fullback. How could he say that? So, like, he said a lot of bullshit. Okay? <laughs> like, we're going to do something got the bullshit Seabold said that broke the back. Whatever. It, like, if you're a player like GI with the talent, you, you're just going to play for the team. Like, you just want to play for a team that's well run yeah. and put together. Like, no one is going to be that level of a great player and just go join the biggest tie fire in the comp. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, 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 we lost for feeder to $1.2 million. Okay. But we lost Sam Walker. And if we lose every coach to the two best teams in the competition of the last decade, what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. If, and if Coates goes, apparently it's for less money. So yeah. What can you do in that situation? And it's like, we've, we've been happy a million times when players would come here for less money. Yeah, or re-sign for less money. Yeah, so if we get out, the way you fix that is just not like get your stature back, and it's not a quick fix. None of those guys were gonna like you're gonna lose talent. We got the fucking wooden spoon, and we look miserable. Of course, we're gonna lose talent. Uh, and then, but the one good bit of news, keeping some talent. Tony Stags, four years, seven hundred k a year. Apparently, people are reporting one on one hand that he's been promised that he's playing. Uh, that he's playing halfback, sorry, 5'8". Another hand promised that he's got a shot at playing 5'8". I uh, tend to believe the second part is true. That I have, I just can't believe that they told him he's a 5'8 side next year. I feel like it's like when they told Corey Oates, oh, mate, yeah, sure, I'll give you a shot at back row for like four years. I feel like it's like that. <laughs> either way, if he turns into a good six, it's a bargain. If he turns into any, we know he's a good center and that's just what the market rate is. Like people will look at the money and go, oh, that's ridiculous, but... You go look around the league and you'll see Josh Dugan got 850 at the Bulldog at the Sharks. Coach has got 800 at the, at the Bulldogs. Joseph Swalley's on similar money. He'd have not played a first grade game. Jared Croak is on similar money. Joey Lou is on similar money right now. He won't be next year, but he is right now. Like Zach Lomax, similar money. That's just what it is. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. Like, and he, he's definitely got some stuff he can work on in his game, but he's mm. he should be a good player. Yeah, and we're not always, we're not being the biggest fanboys of Stags. We think there's there's always been faults for him to iron out, but it's like you you're never gonna go, you know, you're never gonna go broke paying good players. <laughs> I'll say like we fucked up by paying guys of what they could be, and a lot of them in the same position. And then you know, and we paid Milford fine, we didn't pay anyone else in that spine. But like, you're not gonna go broke paying Stags seven hundred k. That's not gonna fuck your cap. Had to be right. Yeah. What, oh, what at worst we get 500k's value out of him oh no <laughs> that's fine so I'm reasonably happy with that and it was obvious that he was trying to get the Broncos to pay him and trying to get someone to pay him to be a 5'8 whatever it's four years decent this deal but he's also a guy like him will help when Adam Reynolds tours the facilities that we've heard will help convince guys like that you know when you start looking down you start thinking oh I've got I can play. he can think he said of Adam Reynolds oh on that right edge I could have stags and Pangai you know, maybe one's at six, one's at back row. Maybe you've got Stag at center. Maybe Tessie's out there. Osaka out the back. It's, oh, wow, I got some shit I can work with, you know, rather than <laughs> no one. But, yeah, it's good. Yep. Uh, and, yeah, I think that's it. That's all. Oh, yeah, by the way, I think Brendan Piakura is 18th man this weekend. So, yeah, getting close to first grade already, which is – I don't know if it's too soon, but I guess it's almost time to start blooding some, some players off the bench. So, I think he's 18th man this weekend. Right, yeah. Um, go through some of these questions. It's probably going to be a lot about coats and stags. So I might kind of just skip them. We've already talked about that a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, this one's semi-related, but different. Should coats be dropped for someone that actually wants to play for the Broncos? Maybe bring Tessie back. His defense can't be any worse. I've been over this a few times. With you, pay the best player. We want to win I mean, football games. I mean, we want to not win a spoon. So. Whoever's if Coates, yeah, I'd be playing Coates. The rest of those guys and Kevy and the assistant coaches, they're all playing for their careers, right? They want to win games. You know, there's no reward in this league, this league at all for us, you know, coming second last something other sports there is. They want to win. So whatever. Uh and I know Deedon's out of the side, but Deedon was only it was in there developing, you know. Coach is by far our best winger. Why would we drop him? Mm. By far. Um, 
from Cormac and Jesse, they both ask pretty similar questions, but just asking if Stag's resigning, does that mean Reynolds or another halfback is is good to go? Because um, it was reported he wouldn't resign unless he knew who seven was. Yeah, that feels like th- bullshit. That was um, there was all these things reported because Tony Stags was thinking. And I was like, mate, look, let's be honest, he ain't no deep thinker. He'd been caught sucking toes on camera. Okay, he wasn't thinking that deep. <laughs> That's just all bullshit speak. Yeah, bullshit for the birds, mate. I don't believe any of that. Uh, from Stuart, will signing a marquee half stop players from leaving, or does paying overs for that player put more stress on recruitment due to salary cap issues? Uh, I don't even know if we have anyone like who's who's left to leave. Really, the only one Coates is the last one now, right? Like, people don't give a shit if Milford's gone or not. And by these news, you'd think that means Milford's gone. But outside of that, it's like we've re- resigned Ricky, who God he needs a rest. But whatever we've resigned, you know, Ethan Bullmore resigned really early in the off season, for example. Uh, we just resigned Stags. You know, who's left to really resign? Piakura resigned. You know, there's what off contracts like Danny Levi, Alex Glenn, Jesse Arthurs, Asiata. Yeah. David Mead, yeah. So there's no one left. There's only the one like the only person left we really want to keep is Coates. Uh from Jesse again. Thoughts on the Hodgson link to the Broncos. Hate it. <laughs> Hate it, not because I think he's a bad player. And I, I do think he could bounce back from being the handbrake Hodgson he's turned into there, the old Robbie Farrah mold. But I hate it because he's an Isaac slash now Stephen Moses client. And with people who listen to this podcast for long enough knows I've always thought Isaac Moses has too much power at our club. Let's just not. It's, <laughs> it's, I've not read much about this, all this manager stuff lately, but is Stephen Moses like his brother or son? I don't know, but I believe it's like <laughs> obviously related to him. Has like, he just like created a new login on like agents.com and he's like, yeah, yeah I'm Stephen Moses it's now. It, like, like, with a bit of moustache on. Yeah. But like, you know, and you, you can, it's like the Isaac Gordon threshold. We need the Isaac Moses threshold. You have to be this good for us to sign you as an Isaac Moses client. Yeah. And he's not above like, that line. You gotta be like Tedesco good. Yeah, I mean, so I don't Adam Reynolds with Moses, let's see. I don't know. I know um no he's not. There we go. But I know Mitchell Moses is with Isaac and he's probably above that line. But yeah, I don't I don't think Josh Hodgson is. And I also don't think he's that much of a, an upgrade on on current Jake Turpin. I take Brandon Smith, but yeah. I just the thing the Hodgson thing was like they've had high level discussions about him. That's like he might be a name on a word cloud in a in a boardroom. It was just the top name because it was like alphabetical yeah. or something. It, yeah. Hodgson's before Reynolds alphabetically. Yeah, it's like whatever. They they should be talking again, they should be talking about these things. You know what? They might reach out and see how much cheap they can get him for, that kind of stuff. But that's what good teams do. And we haven't been doing that forever. So they should be talking about the options. But I personally don't want him because of his standing with his management. James, will Carmichael Hunt get game time this year? <sighs> I don't think so. Um, maybe if there's, maybe sure, if there's injuries, a, one or two games somewhere, just make it happen. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I'd it'd, hope so. It'd make me happy. Uh, Lockie also asks about dropping coats. Uh, more for to bring in Selwyn Cobbo. No, like I I like Selwyn Cobbo's potential. But I got someone else used this comparison. I'm not going to name them unless they want to be named. They told me, he said, he's more Nene McDonald than he is Latrell Mitchell. And I agree. (laughs) Uh, From Ken, I thought Walters was supposed to stop the rot at Red Hill. How many of the top recruits have slipped through the net since he was appointed? It's a long way back from the cellar to the top floor. Two spoons in a row. I'm sorry, but like he is stopping the rot and... He was never going to work miracles, mate. He can't reverse the last two years. Like, you guys have all worked at some companies, right? And you might have worked there for too long. And you could have hated it for two fucking years, right? And then you might get a new boss. And you might go, man, that guy's really good. But fuck this place. <laughs> and the moment a better offer comes, you take it. Because you it, it can't re- wipe the last two years away from some of these guys. You know, you can start re- patching things and whatever, and slowly it might turn around a bit more. And by the end of the year, maybe they think different. But at the point in time when a guy like a Reese Walsh leaves, what the fuck was his link to the club? Like, 
Yeah, but you'll also get in your situation, you get some people like, say, for example, in Stags mm. in this situation is like they can see the new manager and they can see it's working better and they're happy, I guess, to hang around while it gets better. Yeah, that's it, mate. But like uh, guys like like Tom Dearden, I have no fucking idea what went wrong there, but he looks a shadow of the guy he was two years ago. Queensland Cup hasn't been around. It hasn't helped him. He's not vocal on the field anymore. And even looks like the Cowboys have not even signed him to start there. That's not a fucking loss then. You know, if you lost a, a guy they're deeming is a three-year project behind Chad Townsend. No, not a loss. So really, yeah, Reese Walsh left. And again, recruitment or retention isn't fully Kevy's job. Again, there's someone else's job to do that. But they lost Reese Walsh and that's it. Because Coates yeah. isn't gone yet. And if Coates goes, okay, like it sucks, but whatever. You know, he, he got Pia Kuro to backlit for fuck's sake and no one seems to care. He was gone on the Bulldogs and Kevy pinned him in his family's living room with Lockie and got him to backflip. <laughs> he did his best there. Like, and, you know, and I don't know. I don't know who, what people are expecting from Kevin Walters, mate, because my expectations are very low, right? And he's exceeded those. Yeah, I, I don't think Kevy's done a bad job. No, and even the stuff he's talked about, mate, he had, like, of course, Pete Bedell asked him about his, you know, oh, you want an extension, whatever, to, you know, turn the place around. And Kevy's response to that was along the lines of like, no, I'm here to do a job. You know, it doesn't matter if it's for a year or two, or whatever. I love this club, whatever. I do my, I'm doing my best while I'm here. Like, he understands where he sits, that he's probably only there temporarily, but he'll do his fucking best for the joint to put it in the right direction and put the culture in the right direction. And I think it's actually turned, at the time, I didn't want him as the head coach. But I kind of realized, like, if you put in, I mean, the Roosters is with Brian Smith, the Christ's sake. You couldn't put in a good rookie head coach now. They get they're fucked. Like the way the way the club was, they were fucked from the start. So you bring a guy like Kevy in, and hopefully you get the place, you know, at least vibing like they're Brisbane, turn in the right direction, and maybe in two years or three years, Kevy moves on and someone else comes in. Like, yeah, perfect. Uh, Jai, we're letting all these guys go. So is it a matter of freeing up cap space? If so, who for? I'm semi happy to lose some guys if we sign two guns, but I don't see anyone available right now. Sorry, can you repeat that for me, mate? Sorry, I got distracted um, by a work message. It's like a prick. Basically, are we letting people go to free up cap space to sign other people? And he wants a couple of guns. Well, I mean, we're not really forcing people out, but there's the cat space is opening up. They're chasing Reynolds, and they're coming off like there's there's people they're paying that aren't at the club that are slowly disappearing as well. Those contracts. But they're coming, they're coming off of some bad contracts too. There's some space here. And really, there isn't that many more holes to fill now. They need to go get... They need to figure out the code situation or whatever. They need to go get Adam Reynolds. And that's probably it. You know, a Reynolds or a Sean Johnson, one of those guys. It's probably, you know, maybe they get another a half. Maybe they get like an... If we got like an Adam Reynolds and then got Aiden Caesar on like 150K or something. And then you could you could probably cop the Stags tries at 5'8 first, knowing you have a competent guy who can come in after that. But... I don't think there's much more they can sign, you know, maybe that if they get rid of like a Matt Lodge or make a move in a forwards or something. But yeah. uh, From David, we kind of covered this one too, but if blokes sign with other clubs, I think they should play Q cup from then on. No use training and developing them for other teams, especially cows and storm. But yeah, yeah I think, yeah, you want to win football games. Yeah. hundred percent, mate. And like, I definitely get that. Like if you had a second person that was like Xavier Coates right behind him. We don't have that. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, If you had that person that you know should come in and be a superstar and you want to develop them, I get that there because Mm. yeah, you might as well work on your own projects, but there's nobody behind Xavier Coates really to come in and be half as good yeah and maybe if he leaves and stags is back playing center in five weeks maybe you might think oh okay do we think tessie's worth a center shot again and herbie goes to the wing maybe but even then and uh yeah from there we'll we'll go we'll we'll deal with it mate you know from liam he said is dave already a better ceo than paul white yes i mean that is one. Th- we've been wrong on this podcast a thousand times, Simone. The one thing we were right on, we were caught. We were out on Paul White when he was popular. <laughs> I mean, you can just, like Dave's been at Broncos for a week, but he's done 
storm for how long? Like a few years. He's done a great job there. So I think he's definitely been a better CEO than Paul White overall. Yeah. Uh, from Elliot, if we were to land Reynolds, would you re-sign Milf at a low price to partner him next year or are we happy to go with Staggs and develop him at six? Also, would you rather Sewer or Capewell as a replacement for Alex Glenn? And finally, thoughts on a play for Gagai. Cheers. I don't want Sewer or Capewell for the money they'd want. Ricky and Piakura are back rowers, and I know they're both developing, but I want those are the guys, right? So the person you're putting in front of them, you put an obstacle in front of them like uh, Sua or Capewell, you're just going to do what we did. And I know it's a high-level comparison, but if we do what we did to Sua and to Fafita, we just re-signed Gillett and Glenn for ages. And then we'd have four back rowers. Else. Yeah. Like, so... I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd keep those. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign a back rower till like November and pick up one of the veteran guys or whatever for for cheap. That's what I do. Like I don't know who's available that time of year, but there'll be someone we can we can nab. So I wouldn't do that. Uh, the gag eye thing I have no interest in, especially if we just spent like we're paying Corey Oates quite a bit still. He's on that wing there. If he's still there, we've got that. We'll have Herbie as one of the centers. Stags the other one if he's not the five eight. And then maybe Coates on the wing. But if it's not Coates, I don't really have much interest in going and paying Gagai the money he'd, he'd demand. So, um, and then what was the other question? The Milford thing. I think we've got to see how it, pl- how it, how it plays out. Like he's got to, he's still got the rest of the season to prove himself. If he can have a good year from here, we bring in, like, say, an Adam Reynolds, maybe on decent money, maybe. But I do think that, you know, the club, seems quite ready to move to move away from that relationship. Yeah. Um, Bluey here asks, he has pretty similar ideas about resting players that sign elsewhere uh, from Daniel. He said, Wally Lewis on channel nine said Lodge is set to play for Panthers next year, but Lodge wouldn't confirm anything at training. If he goes to another club, how much of his contract are you happy to subsidize? So, so it's actually come out again. That's that's been around a few a traps for a few weeks that he's been talking to to the Panthers. So maybe if he goes there, oh nines just reported that have they? Because I know they've been talking about this season going there for the rest of this year, and he will go there and he will kill it there because he will have Fisher Harris and Isaiah Yo and Spencer Lena and those guys doing the dirty work and playing hard, and he'll play off the back of that. He'll kill it there. But I honestly think the club. And they won't say it publicly. I think they want him gone so bad they'd pay 300k of that 800k contract to get rid of him. And 500k is a big difference to us. If that's a Xavier Coates, you know? Yeah. Um, Harry asks who the next winger is should be because we should drop Coates. Everyone wants to drop Coates. Um, from Jack, bring back Wayne for recruitment and Reynolds and Gagai. No. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm one, keen for Wayne, but not Gagai. Well, the one we did finally hear um someone in the club finally speak about it, and Donahue did say he's open to Wayne. So it's the first kind of real thing when Donahue's saying he's open to it, and maybe they can repair that. And he was got talking about how you know obviously he's bitter, but he still has some love for the club there. I would sign Wayne for any job for any money we could fit him in the coaching cap, just so he's not at the other Brisbane team. He can sit on a farm do whatever the fuck he wants to do. I don't care. You know, even yeah. if you want him involved, he can do whatever he wants. He can he can write the roll on paper for us to sign off on it. Yep. You know, do whatever. Uh, from Paul, what's more important these days, a center or a winger? That's a tough question. <laughs> uh, I mean, probably if, a winger, if mate. Got, if you've got like, you get to choose, like, is Ralph allowed to play on the wing or is Ralph allowed as a center, but then your other one is... David Mead. <laughs> like, I think a winger, especially if you could get like a Rad Radra or a Ferguson or an Oates type winger where like where they do that work, bringing all the yardage work and that. You get, I, I think they're definitely more important than a center. Yeah, I'm thinking, um, yeah, I, I think like I've already seen you can kind of plug a guy in the centers and get away with it for a while. But the credit wingers don't get these days is, like they used to get mocked for being the shit guy stuck on the end of the back line. Half the time they're the best athlete in the team now, but they have to do yardage work. So much yardage work. If they, they have to do, if they don't they have to start your sets well. 
like they have to do all this yardage work and then they have to finish opportunities when they're halfway they through the air over the sideline and shit when they get half glances and they have to make like 150 meters a game or you've got the shits with them. Whereas a center, a center can do his job, like make like 10 tackles and get 60 meters. And you'd be like, you know what? He's a lockdown center. <laughs> yeah, he did not let it try. And it's, that's like, it. it's fine. Yeah, that's it. Um, oh, I refreshed my comments and now they're all over the place. Ah. From SJ, when will Donahue give Nolan and Lockie the flick? I don't know what happened to Nolan. It's gone. I, I don't know when. That feels like that has to happen at some point. Lockie just needs his role redefined. Hey, I still want Lockie around the club. Broncos legend. He has a role. To, he does have a role to play there, but it's not all the roles. <laughs> That's what he currently has. He's a job everywhere. Um. Jesse again, he said, how did TPJ not get any M points last game? <sighs> I don't know, mate. Like, I have no idea. Sometimes you wonder, like, some players, doesn't matter how good they play, they just won't get points. Yeah. Um, oh, I did it again. My comments are all over the place. <laughs> this, is, this is great work. Um, from uh, Eli, he said, any any new signing news? Are the Broncos looking for a replacement for Xavier Coates like Blake Ferguson? Looking for a replacement like Xavier Coates yes, like Blake Ferguson? No, I don't think... I don't know, mate. I don't, I, they're looking at trying to keep Coates first, right? <laughs> like, I don't know, I don't know what they do after that. Uh, Chris here said, "At what age? What age toddler do you think could do a better job than Nolan?" My, my wife just laughed at that comment. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, you guys are more familiar with toddlers than me. I feel like I've exaggerated this a bit much with a. You know, well, I don't, I don't know. Like my oldest is like two and a half now, and she's got pretty good problem-solving skills, so she could probably beat Nolan. Yeah. Like. You know, things happen and she can figure out a way around them and find a solution. So that's that seems yeah. to be one more than what he's been able to do. <laughs> that costs a lot less toddlers do as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just like half a donut and they're pretty happy. Like the top they, might be, they might be better negotiating too because it's really hard for someone to be mean to a toddler. Yeah, because they just start crying if you like, like don't give them what they want. Yeah, if you're not going to sign for the team, the kid just starts bawling his eyes out. Yeah. Ah, you're leaving us. <laughs> that seems about right. Um, I, like I think it. they're all the Facebook ones over on the Twitter, Chris06. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, more Coates questions. Uh, what do you guys think of Coates leaving? Is it a case of the club putting all their eggs in stags? Plus no. the assumption of signing a big name halfback. It's not they're going for coats, mate. They've offered him more money than the Storm have, so we'll see what happens. It's not about stags or the halfback. Uh, from Corey Goats, how good is it to have the second coming of Christ? They have done a he finally at the Broncos, mate. Yeah, expectations have been set high, but honestly, it's it's the Broncos. It's not. It's easy to not fuck it up. So we'll see what that what how he goes. Yeah, I mean. We've, we've, said a, we've said this about Paul White a lot is like, if you are just at, like, okay at your job, it mm. will run itself a lot. Um, Scotty Howe. How much more effective is a Ford pack when it's directed by a halves pairing that is organized? I mean, the, the, the pack doesn't even need direction half the time, mate. It's more when there's just like, it's like tackle three or four and then not, the halves aren't saying shit. They just look to offload and do dumb shit. Pack was good, but the pack's been good, you know, the last four or five weeks. By the the Parramatta game, not so much. Even the Parramatta game for twenty minutes, actually, they were kind of they kind of laid that platform, and the the uh, the halves didn't get on top of it. But yeah, this pack we've said it since for a number of years now. They've they've been so let down by their spine and their outside backs. Yeah, um, from all sport matters, keen to see the Broncos invest less time in teenagers and focus more attention on development. Mm. Um, yeah. From Scooter D9. Uh, do you guys think the Broncos are waiting to see what type of halfback we get before offering Milford anything? Surely he has something to offer with the right house partner. I'd hate to see him leave us and kick our ass later with a different club. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I would be less worried about him going to a different team and like turning it on than mm. I would be a few years ago. Like, 
I definitely think there is teams he could go to and become, you know, good again. But I think there's not many of those clubs left. Now, I don't think if he goes somewhere and kills at Milfi, like, I'll enjoy it. It's at that point now because I don't, it's, you know, it's he's had beyond a good run at Brisbane and I'm not going to be like, oh, what could have been with us? Because we had the what could have been, it never got there and whatever. He'll be 27, 28 next year. I'll just enjoy it if he goes kills it somewhere. And if he goes and sucks, I can do what I do with Joey Lee Lua, ignore all the bad games. And just, just and, watch the good ones. Yeah, exactly right. Just cut up highlights. <laughs> set it to like, here comes the boom. And put it on YouTube. <laughs> uh, also from Scotty said, do you think Piracura will get a run this year? Run this year, Or is it more realistic that it'll be next year? Yeah, I think he gets a run this year, mate. I, I know he's, he's a long burner, but he's already 18th man, I believe, this week. I think at some point he'll go on that bench. Maybe he won't even play that many minutes, but yeah, they'll obviously want to get some first-grade games into him at some time this season before uh, before next year. But I do think we see Kobe Hetherington maybe even leapfrog him in a couple of weeks once he's, uh, he's eligible. Um, this is an interesting one from Jared underscore underscore S. If you got to sign three somewhat realistic players to help fix this club, who are you choosing and why? Oh, I mean, really, Adam Reynolds is number one just because of the way we've been over this. But he, it's just like what we saw from Gamble. We know he can do it all the fucking time. Knows he can lead, direct a team around the field. Knows how to end sets, all that kind of stuff. It's exactly the halfback we've been cry, crying out for. He's not the most exciting halfback in the world. And I know sometimes you dream of a better guy, who, a guy who can like, you know, crack teams open alone and be a great ball runner, all that kind of stuff. Reynolds will not bring that. But we don't actually need that. We have a lot of game breakers. We haven't got any leaders. So he's one. Number two is Brandon Smith because he's an option. He's available. Uh, as you said, realistic options. So that's my number two. And the number three realistic is if we get rid of Matt Lodge is Dale Finucan. And I'd love to punt Carrigan as well. And then Finucan could be our 13. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're looking at Finucane and, and, and Reynolds as two of the leaders, maybe captain and vice captain. And then add Brandon Smith, just even if he doesn't work out long-term as a nine, I know some fans are worried about that. Whoever signs him next, he's a great player to have at your team. If you give him 500K, you won't be shitty at that as a hooker or as a 13 or as a bench middle. He's just that good. Yeah. Or just like a no position, just run around and do whatever That's you it, want. Mate. Correct, mate. Like, you know, <laughs> would you rather give him 500k or what we did to Joe o or Flegler? It's like not close, <laughs> you know. Um, I uh, Nick replied to this. He he had, I was going to read it out here, but he replied to this question. It's so he had Brandon Smith, the energy in the rock, and he's mm. lost the nine position to Grant. Corey Allen is an ex Bronco, proved last year with South he can play, plus he's out of favorite with the dogs. That seems quick. Uh, and DCE for eating too much manly's cap and proving he can organise a team without a second half. Um, yeah, I mean, I, get, I I don't know how realistic DCE would be to leave Manly, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like to hate DCE. <laughs> and I don't, um, we don't need Corian either, mate. Like, he's not better than Osako. Uh, also from Nick there, though, he said, Selwyn Cobbo, when is he going to get a run in the first grade? Should he be playing fullback for the club by the end of the year? But replacing Coates on the wing to start would be nice. Um, you kind of touched on Cobbo before, so we probably don't need to talk about him. Yeah. Um, from Smart Ass Unit, uh, the passion that Gamble showed is what we want to see. Do you guys, do you guys or fellow fans know who else we have in Q-Cup? Capo a gun, as Apo says. What? Capo? Who's Capo? I don't know. Maybe it's a typo. I'm not sure. I don't know. You've lost me. No, there's not many. Like, the guys in Cup that are coming pretty much right now for us are like Kobe Hetherington, Brendan Piakura, then maybe Selwyn Cobbo. There's not the... um. The, again, most of those guys that should be in Cup are kind of in our first grade squad. So, yeah. There's there's not um not that many other ones sitting there for, that are signed to us right now. I think also, like, part of the Broncos is, like, any of those guys that are in Q-Cup, you generally know about them. Like, so many of our fans and that and us, like, you know about Piakura and Cobo and, like, all these players when they're in Q-Cup, whereas mm. I don't know if they get talked about as much in, in other teams, you know. Yeah. Um, From Fresh... <laughs> is it just me or did our mutual friend Pat Carrigan not give away a six again or commit an error which led to a try last week? I don't think he did. I think he did all right, That's which is weird. 
of it, yeah. Um, so I'm just skipping a few because they're just a lot of codes should be dropped questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Nathan Chip 22, what are your thoughts on keeping Gamble as a ball playing lock? I know that he's only one game in, but I just can't stand Carrigan's mindless head ups. Who's the ball playing lock? Bullmore. No, I did that wrong. No, Gamble. No, Gamble. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, last one here from Mert. Then, is there a glimmer of hope of us landing Bellamy with his recent "I haven't committed to the storm" comments, or is he just trying to talk talk his asking price up again? <laughs> Oh, Bellamy's just trying to talk his asking price up again, it feels like. I just, I've given up on him. Well, man, I've given up him forever. And then last year it was reported like he'd signed. They fucking got me. I'm always talking about media garbage and they fucking got me. <laughs> uh, righto. Well, I'm done. You're done? That's it? Yep. Okay, that's all the questions. Yep. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, I need to go piss, so it's great timing for us. <laughs> they wanted to hear that. But anyway, we'll talk to you guys uh, next week if we if we do well. Feels like we're maybe we'll see. We're like, we're like weekly now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, right, catch up. See ya. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.